Hello, Trinities and Neos. Hello, knuckle-ups, and oh my God, why so many squiddies? Why, why, why? <laughs> um, so, it's time to talk about, this is, what's this bitch talking about? To which the answer to that question today is Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions. Exactly. And I'm here with uh, my mom. Yes. Mixtress mom. Hello. And who are you? Mixtress Ray. Ah. Sometimes I don't say that part. So I have about half a legal pad full of notes on these two movies. So for Matrix Reloaded, I have two pages of a very small legal pad. And for Revolutions, I have... (laughs) Like five things written down on one page. You have three pages versus my four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm not even going to count because it's about like 20. <laughs> so apparently Mixtress Ray is going to be carrying this, and I'm just going to interject now and again. So um, I just learned two seconds ago reading the trivia for Matrix We just finished Revolutions. We watched Reloaded like two weeks ago. Yes, we did. So we're kind of out of sorts on that. Yeah. But I just learned that the Matrix trilogy, at least plot-wise, is kind of based on the Upanishads in Hindu religions. And I don't know exactly what that means, but I know that that it has a general philosophy of being disconnected from the soul and just like something about you identify too much as humans with the physical body when you should be recognizing the soul and to recognize the soul is recognizing the truth or something. So I'd like to learn more about that. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. However, aren't we here on this physical plane to experience the physical I guess. Why are we here? Which is one of the things that Matrix is asking. Why are we here? How did we come to be here? Whew. So, what I thought was um, interesting is that every single Matrix movie opens with Neo asleep and with Trinity being a badass and saving his ass. Every single one. Really? The first one, he's sleeping at his computer, and she's typing, wake up? She's typing to him, telling him to wake up. And the second one, he's dreaming that she is being a badass saving him, because she's about to do that in the future, uh, which is when she dies the first time. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> first time. I think if you're going to listen to something about a movie, you better have damn seen it. Or not care about the spoilers. (laughs) And then uh, the third movie, he's in a coma and she is, she goes into the Matrix to save him because he's in limbo. Correct. Which there's an anagram of limbo at the beginning of Revolutions because he's at the train station and behind him it says like Mobile Avenue. So Mobile is anagram. Really? Yeah, because it's mobile without an E on the end. Like the gas station. Yeah. So, I haven't even said any notes yet. Okay, Matrix Reloaded. 
both Reloaded and Revolutions came out in 2003. Yes. So are we going to talk about these movies separately, or are we going to just mishmash them all together? Or just go through Well, I'm going to go through the notes, okay. and then I'm sure we will have to talk about both. Okay, so the first scene in Matrix Reloaded is Trinity jumping in a motorcycle and her famous pose as she flip-flops off the motorcycle and does that really cool thing in her shiny suit. Yeah, and she does a, one of those hero landings, you know, with yes. one foot out and one foot crouched. I love yes, that. I do. I love that, too. Um, we meet a lot of new characters in the second movie. We meet Link and... Jada Pinkett Smith is Niobe. And Love her. From the very beginning of this movie, there's a much better girl-to-boy ratio. And um, the girls are buff. Yeah. And I wrote Blackdale Test. Check. I don't think there is a Blackdale Test, but I think that should be something that you look for. Two people of color talking to each other about something other than a white person. Oh. I like it. So this movie and Revolutions both definitely passed that. And they both definitely passed the Bechtel test, too. The first one was kind of tricky. Like, does it really pass just because Trinity said something to switch for, like, a second? Yeah. But the second two movies, even though everybody hates the second two movies, they pass. I sure do hate the second two movies. You do, too? I sure do. They're so chaotic. There were two two two-hour movies that they shot at the same time, they really could have either made them one movie, or if they really had to have a trilogy, they could have made two movies that were just like an hour and 15 minutes or something. That's not too short for a movie. They could have done that. That's too short for a Matrix movie. We were expecting much more than that. (laughs) Well, they could have cut down some of the... I think Reloaded was pretty good. I mean, you think it was too much action, but overall... I think it had a good balance of philosophy and action, but Revolutions was just so much assaulting. Well, Reloaded, the the only over-the-top thing, well, the thing that stands out in my mind is over-the-top is with the fight in the courtyard with all the Agent Smiths. That was just freaking ridiculous. It was cool the first, like couple minutes and then it was like okay we couple get couple minutes i have to watch that for a couple minutes well, and what did it do just like go on for 10 i don't know if it's it went ridiculous. on for 10 then two minutes of it was okay but at the point where it kind of switched over to bad cgi that's when it was like all right yep, it's bad. do your crouchy thing and get out of here neo it's just fuck off um i i wrote in my notes these movies are all about questioning authority so that's kind of obvious but so in the first movie, it's established that Agent Smith has unplugged. Because he takes off his little earpiece and sends it to Neo in an envelope inside the Matrix. And he thanks him when he meets up with him again for setting, setting him, him free. free. And he is assimilating everyone inside the Matrix to turn them into versions of himself. Agent Smith. <laughs> and that when he first talks to Neo... And reloaded, he calls him the anomaly, which we don't know about what yet. That means yet. Um, and when he got the package, he came out to fight against Agent Smith and said a funny thing. Hmm. Upgrades. So. Smith said that? No. Neil said that. 
Neo said, hmm, upgrades. When he saw the extra Smiths? No, it was when he saw the three agents that were there. They were the ones that started. I should probably just stay out of this. You should? Yeah. Why? Because I don't really know what's happening. I don't remember that. <laughs> I mean, I remember him saying, hmm, I remember somebody upgrades. saying upgrades, but I don't remember what that was referring to. It was the three agents that he was fighting okay. right outside where he got the package. So the, the agents have become more fierce or something? Yes. Okay. They were, they were different. So they've been, because they're essentially programmed, so I guess they had been upgraded. Yes. And so... Version. After he fought them, then he bows out the world and takes off like a rocket, and that was really cool. <laughs> um, Cheesy Superman flying. It's not well, yeah. Cheesy, because he went up over the clouds, and they were playing Juno Reactor, and it was all CGI. It was like, okay, cheesy. He's a superhero. We get it. Not exactly cheesy goodness. Uh, the thing that was important enough that I had to write it down in my notes for both movies, Purple Brocade Couch with Green Pillows in the Oracle. House. I actually called it Pink Brocade Couch. Well, it was kind of orchid. Kind of a mauve. Yeah, it was like a, it was more of a purple than straight up mauve, but yeah. it was in between mauve and purple. It was very, very good. Um... And then we get to see Zion for the first time, and I wrote, doors open, beds made, welcome home. That's good. So at some point in there, someone said, see, it's been so long ago. <laughs> Sorry for abandoning you guys for so long. Yeah, but it was like pulling teeth to get me to watch these last two Matrix. Yes, it was difficult. Not everyone believes what you believe. My beliefs do not require them. Yeah, it was one of the only cool things that Morpheus said. Morpheus said, my, my beliefs, beliefs do, do not, not require, require them to. That was the one comment that, you know, when I saw it in 2003, I was actually smart enough to go, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> most everything else in these movies, I was just drooling out the side of my mouth. What the fuck are they talking about? So how old were you in 2003? 20. One. 21. I would have been 20 when I saw the first movie and 21 by the time I saw her. So you were totally drunk for Revolutions because you were 21? Drunk? Because you were 21? No. Okay. Carry on then. I might have, I was kind of a stoner by that time, but not while I was at a movie. I've never enjoyed that. Some people like to smoke pot before they go watch a movie, but I don't like it. I just don't like it, period. Yeah. Too neurotic. So we get to see Zion for the first time. I wrote, might even be one-to-one -one ratio of black people to white people and men to women. Because I was just looking at all the, like, people in the background. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of chicks. There's a lot of black people. Yeah. yeah. Well, these movies are really good about casting black people. Yeah, and lots of variation of skin tone. Yeah. So there were all kinds of ethnicities. Yeah. And this is when Morpheus gives a speech, which I will never let go of. Zion! Hear, hear me! Whatever. Um, but it was the best sex scene ever in the whole history of the universe between Trinity and Neo in the little half-circle cave-type dwelling. Yeah. It was beautiful. And the dancing was quite erotic. Um, in Zion, all sweaty and drippy and dirty. 
I wrote as as soon as Trinity orgasms, Neo is worried again. Yeah. So I don't think he got to enjoy that particularly. You don't think he would have had I think he was waiting for, for her and then he's just like, oh shit. Now I'm sad again because he he's having the premonition dreams. So his version of thinking about baseball is <laughs> thinking about Trinity dying. I can't, no, well, I don't think he was trying to do that. <laughs> One good part of Morpheus's speech was at the end of it. He said something about, "We are still here." What was that about? Um, he was saying that they have not won because we are still here. Yeah, after hundreds of years, years. <laughs> it's just the way he says things. It's just so funny. Yeah, it is in a not very funny kind of way. Um, and I wrote, is change a theme? We do this again. Some things change, some things don't. And then I wrote, sexy Zion time. <laughs> they said that a lot. Yeah, they were talking, change was the big theme in the second movie. Okay. And choice was the big theme in the third movie. And love. Choice and love. Yes, because I said, revolutions, the message is about love and choice. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, I also wrote, I bet Neo always cries after sex. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Why I like him. Because he was so sad when it was over. He was so sweet. And Trinity had to hold him while he cried. Aww. Um It's like wiping your ass with silk. I love it. Uh, I wrote, I don't know why I wrote this. Smith can replicate with freed minds. Oh, I think I was just um, noting that you know, at first I thought he could only replicate himself in plugged-in people, but he can also do it with people that are in the Matrix that have been unplugged. Ah. I don't remember who he did that with first well, that did, made me write that. He but. did. He only did that with Bane. Yeah, so it must have been Bane. must have been when Bane was introduced. Yes, because he he was in the second one. So that's what allowed him to leave the Matrix for the real world. Because he assimilated Bane, who was already unplugged. So when Bane came back, Smith was in him. If you say so, because I just totally... Sounds spaced. right, doesn't it? I spaced off while you were talking. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so Bane comes back and Smith is in him, but I don't think we really know that yet. Um, the One of the counselor guys has, you know, an interesting philosophical discussion with Neo in the middle of the night about that mm -mm. um and he's talking about you know how all the machines that they have underground in zion help them stay alive and he doesn't know how they works but he knows that they the reason for them to work he doesn't have to understand what how they work just that they work i don't know if that's supposed to be significant i think well it it rang a bell because you think about systems that we have running everything that we have yeah this existence i'm not sure anyone really understands how electricity works yeah it's pretty magical it is and he, they were talking about control and you know how, how do we know we control these machines and neil was like because we could shut them off yeah we could but then we die you know so that was an analogy to the machines not wanting to completely wipe out humanity because they need them to exist mm -hmm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote hashtag not all machines. 
<laughs> what is control? Okay, so yeah, that was part of that. So what's the second movie about? What's the message? Control? No. Um, Would you say the second movie was about? Well, the first movie was supposed to be asking the question, what is the Matrix? And answering it. The second movie is, why are we in the Matrix? And then the third movie is, how do we get out of the Matrix? But, but the themes. The theme was, what was the theme of the second one? I don't know. Because you just said what it was. I know, I don't, that was five minutes ago. Okay, that was totally five minutes ago. Uh, choice. Change. Well, this change, okay, you're right, change. You said it was about change, and this, and the third one is love and choice. So for some reason, I wrote down a quote here. I don't know where it fits in because it's been two weeks. I imagine that Morpheus is saying this, and he said, no, what happened happened and couldn't have happened any other way. We're still alive. Yeah. He might have said that during the speech. No. Uh -uh. That sounds like a conversation no, to me. Happened, happened. Couldn't have happened any other way. I don't, yeah, I don't remember what, why he said that. We should have recorded after. We saw the watch. We the thought first. about it, but then we said, <laughs> so no. we were lazy. Okay, carry on. Um, so, Neo goes to see the Oracle. And at this point, this is the first time he's seen her after he met the architect. So, he knows that she's a program now. And, you know, so he's confronting her about that. And I don't know, the second movie's a lot about choice, too, because she's, the whole conversation while she's sitting with him is about choice. And she says, you didn't come here to make the choice. You already made it. You're here to understand why you made it. Mm -hmm. So that's a big theme in both of the second two movies, because they're always talking about choices that they've already made, but they can't understand them until they get there or something. Mm-hmm. And then she said, we're all here to do what we're all here to do. Exactly. Um, programs doing what they're supposed to do are invisible, but the programs that malfunction are the ones that, and she starts talking about all the different programs that have to be deleted and if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing and stuff. Okay. Hashtag not all programs. <laughs> I, don't know. I wrote that. Um, so she tells him that he will have to return to the source where the path of the one ends. Then we meet, she tells him he has to go find the key maker. So key maker. they have to go to the Merovingian, which is where we meet him. And he is, I think he's supposed to be like Hades. He's supposed to be the king of the underworld. And Persephone is obviously Persephone who was in Greek mythology, she was taken by Hades, like kidnapped and made his wife. And so she's in the underworld against her will. Cool. She's quite lovely. She is. She does that little gesture where the key maker is. Yeah. She walks down the hall in her tight little white skirt. Her latex. Yes. Her transparent white latex dress, because you could totally see the whole landing strip. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Um, Merovingian. Oh, uh, Neo asks what the Merovingian wants, I think, before they even go there. And whoever answered, I don't know, probably the Oracle, says, what do all men with power want? More power. So then there's the Neo and Smith fight. Wait, 
How, did, how have we only gotten there? I don't know about Neo and Smith fighting. Why are they fighting? I don't know. Oh, yeah, and he ends up really far away, and he's 500 miles from where he needs to be. Uh, so that's why that's, we've got the Keymaker, and there's the really cool Morpheus truck top fighting scene on the highway. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be on the highway because that's suicide. Because anybody on the highway can turn into an agent. So, freeway, whatever. So they have, is that where we are? I don't, I, I had, this looks out of order. Because I think I'm, t- in this page, I'm talking about the Neo and Smith fight. But that, does that happen after he sees the Oracle? Must, it must, because you talked about the Oracle. Yeah, but why did I talk about the Merovingian? All I did was write Merovingian, and then I must have just been writing it because I didn't know how to spell it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so while Morpheus is fighting and they're on the highway, I think Neo and Agent Smith are fighting. Or are they? Or is that? Oh, he's trying to get to them. He's trying to get to them, but they they have the fight at the Merovingians where they do that stairway fighting with the twins. Oh yeah, but, and all this, that but Smith isn't there for that. No, he's not. So I don't know what you're talking about. I I think I just wrote it down because it was spelled in the subtitles, and I wanted to write it down. So I just started talking about it prematurely. Um, let's see if there's anything we care about here. I I wrote metaphor the one against the multitude because Neo's fighting all of the Smiths or CGI the movie oh yeah yeah that was after the Oracle you're right I jumped ahead sorry I don't I don't think it was you I think it was me because I I think it isn't. I think he's trying to get to the Oracle when, or I don't know. I don't fucking know. Never mind. <laughs> this is like, was I 15 or was I 16? Uh, was it Tuesday or was it Wednesday? I don't know. Well, it could have been Wednesday because, no. <laughs> okay. Who was that person's uncle? No one cares. But I wrote seven out of 12 women on the council. So that's a ah. pretty good. Nine out of 12 of the people on the council were not white. Only three white people, and more than 50% were women. Uh, I wrote, I don't remember who says this, but comprehension is not a requisite of cooperation. I think that was the head of the council said that to one of the to the dude that's always arguing with everything, Niobe's boyfriend, whatever that guy's name is. Yeah, I didn't like him. He was mean. Oh, yeah. He's supposed to be. Yep. Um... Oh, okay, now we're at the Merovingian. So he says, do you know why you are here? Which is the question. Oh. You were told to come here and you obeyed. Causality. Choice is an illusion created between those with power and those without. Why is the only source of power? Um, I wrote Merovingian's place is the only place with sexism so far. I think because most of his... Pretty much all of his fighters were dudes. Mm-hmm. Nobody fighting for the Merovingian was a girl. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, womanizer, stupid head. Mm-hmm. Kissing your face, my love. Mm-hmm. I like the way she talked. Yeah. And I like that. I think this, these movies are pretty good with 
they don't cast super young people like most people in movies do. Mm-hmm. You know, none of these people are in their 20s. They're all in their 30s or older. Like, mm-hmm. whoever plays Persephone, she looks like maybe in her 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I wrote Weapon of Choice in quotes, but I did, so there's that. Trinity will be driving, thank you very much. Because she, when they get on the highway, she tells somebody to scoot over. Was it the Keymaker or Morpheus? She was like, get out. She's, it's always women driving in these movies. Bitch can drive. Women do all the driving. Thing one and thing two, that's what I call the... Uh, twins. Yeah, albino twins. Neo is somehow 500 miles away from them, so he does the Superman flying. Yeah, he does the door open thing after he fights all the Merovingian people. And he opens the door and he's... There's a lot of that in this movie, so that must mean something, too. Opening the door to a different world, to a different... And different people opening the door means it's going different places. Yeah. Depends on how you turn the key. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote, bitch can drive. Bitch can drive! So... I wrote freeway trope because always in movies when they're about to get on a freeway, it's like, no, suicide, don't get on the freeway. (laughs) Then we got Mona Lisa Overdrive, car ballet, the ass shot of the movie, which gets on the motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Trinity gets on the motorcycle. And she says to the key master, you are handy. Yeah. One of my favorite things. Because she was going to have to, like, hardwire the motorcycle with getting linked to patcher or hardwire or something and then he pulls out a key from his huge key ring which was like bigger than he was yeah you are handy my you are handy so i say that to people when they're being handy <laughs> you are handy. My, you are handy and then i wrote trinity goes against the traffic because she thinks differently because she turns around on the motorcycle and goes against you were very nervous that made me extremely nervous <laughs> i thought it was good Niobe saves Morpheus's ass because yeah, it was great. She catches him when he's falling off the truck. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Link, I wrote. Link provides the only relief and laugh. Okay, in the but, whole movie. Yes, this is the Morpheus truck fighting, and the truck crash. When the trucks crashed together. And the accordion. Yes, and it was so cool. And Neo flies in at the last second and grabs Morpheus and Keymaster as they're slow motion flying in the air from the explosion Pulls of the up. Two, cr- two trucks crashing. And then Link, he, he's, he throws his hands up in the air and he goes, yes, got him. <laughs> and then he collapses on the keyboard. Yeah. There was another time that he does that, too, in the movie. Um, I love Link. Yeah, he's really good. It's sad that we didn't have Tank, because I heard that there was some sort of fight between the actors that played Tank and the Wachowskis, so maybe he was an asshole, I don't know, so they didn't rehire him, so they just wrote it in that he died, and Link was like his brother-in-law or something, I think. Um, Link was married. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Some connection there. We don't care. Last Tuesday, Wednesday, who's uncle? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wrote, Neo asks Trinity to stay out of the Matrix because of all his bad dreams. And he refuses to tell her his bad dreams. He's just being real weird and morose. And she's like, you don't have to tell me. Blah, blah, blah. I asked you to stay out of the Matrix, would you? She says, I promise if I can, I will. She did say that? I promise if 
Well, that's good. Yeah. She couldn't. She had she to go. She couldn't. She had to go save his ass. Again. Again. I wrote Bane. Bane is also... Uh, the Bane of all of our existence. Yes. And it's like a some word for poison. I don't remember in what language, but it's a word derived for poison. So The poison of our existence. Yeah. Bane is unplugging people, so Trinity has to go in. Uh, okay. Somebody calls Trinity Little Lady. Oh, no. Again. They did that at the beginning of the first movie. Oh, yeah. And then at the end of the second movie, when she goes in to save Neo, when she first comes into the room with, like, the security guards mm-hmm. or something, she's like, hey, little lady. Um, uh, I wrote, actually look like computers in Matrix movies. Um, Who knows? Probably because in... You know, 90s movies, when they show people, like, hacking, they usually did not look like computers really looked. You know, they'd show a lot of weird visuals and, like, people getting sucked into the screen and stuff. But in Matrix movies, they just looked like computers. They just looked like computers actually looked in 1999. Wow. Impressive. Um, Then Neo goes through the doorway of light, back to the source, and he meets the architect. And blah, 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 blah. And the architect says a whole bunch of crap. Pause, please. Hello. Okay. So he meets the architect. And, you know, they say the central question of the movie, which is, why am I here? So I think, because they keep saying we're all here to do what we're all here to do. So that's the answer to why am I here. Yeah. So that's the the only thing you have to take away from the architect conversation. Because it's just a big bunch of mumbo jumbo. It isn't mumbo jumbo, but you really have to want to dig into all the layers. Um, so he b- basically reveals that. And vis-a-vis, I really don't want to. <laughs> okay, fine. I guess go I ahead, go ahead. Five no, pages. go ahead. <laughs> he basically reveals. That I'll, I'll just go get a drink. You carry on. <laughs> that the Oracle is the mother of the Matrix, and he is its father. So they have sex. No. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> get out of here. So they have destroyed Zion five different times, or six, something like that. They've recreated the Matrix. They've had to recreate the Matrix every time they destroy Zion. And as the architect says, after he talks about destroying Zion, that we have become exceedingly good at it. So, um, you can't control me, you old white prick, which is something that one of Keanu Reeves' manifestations in the TV screens behind the architect's head says, which I thought that was funny. Zion population control, um, I wrote Zion population control is his argument. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Whatever. Let's get past that. So the architect tells Neo that he has a choice, that he can either go through door number one, where the matrix will be restarted, repopulated with 16 females and seven males to repopulate the matrix. And, um, 
or he can go into door number two where all of existence ends and it's his choice. And this is something that the Oracle was telling him earlier, that he was going to have to make a choice whether or not Trinity dies. And he knows at this point that Trinity is in the Matrix trying to save his ass. So he knows that she is about to meet the end that he keeps seeing in his dreams. So if he doesn't go through the door to save Trinity, then he's going through the door to recreate the Matrix. So basically, the architect is giving him the Coke or Pepsi choice, which is like, uh, you know, two things that are exactly the same. You know, like, he, it's it's the illusion of choice. It's not a real choice. Um, and it, it's good to remember that the Oracle had said to him that when he returns to the source, that is the end, that's where the path of the one ends. So this is where I think he is not the one anymore at this point. I think, I don't know, that's what I thought at the time anyway. So he chooses Trinity over all of humanity. He saves Trinity. He goes and he catches her when she's been shot. And if he had just told her what his goddamn dream was since the beginning, she could have wore like a bulletproof vest or something when she went into the Matrix. And then she'd be fine because she gets shot like in between the ribs as she's falling off a building. Of course, she was falling off a building, so she would still hit the ground either way. So he had to save her, I guess, whatever. And he reaches in and pulls the bullet out, and then she dies anyway. And he reaches inside her chest, totally violates her, and repumps her ones and zeros binary heart inside the Matrix. And so they're even now because she saved his life in the first movie and he has now saved hers. Spoiler alert, in the third movie, they both fucking die. They can't save each other in the third movie. Neo did die. Apparently we're having that argument. Um... I wrote, the prophecy was a lie. The one doesn't end anything, it restarts it. So that's something that I think he tells everybody when he comes out of it, that the prophecy was a lie about it, the one ending the war. But that just hasn't happened yet, actually. So that's the end of my notes for Matrix Reloaded. All right. All right. Are we ready to... Are we? Do we want to do ratings of each movie or just do them together? Let's do them together. Okay. So, I'll have to remember this page. Let's do them now. No, I just want to remember to come back to that page. Okay, so now we begin with Matrix Revolution. Okay, so at the end of Reloaded, I guess it should be noted. The end of Reloaded should be noted. That Neo stops the machines in the real world. They're, the Sentinels are coming at them and they had to get out of the ship because, I don't know, the Nebuchadnezzar gets blown up or whatever. And uh, Orpheus said something real cheesy. As per usual. Yeah. Something about, I have dreamed a dream and for me that dream is dead or something. And he had a real far away vacant look in his eyes. All right. Okay. I mean, he should get dream to have a moment. dream. Because Neo has just told him that the prophecy wasn't real. Yeah, that's true. And then he lost his ship. So, 
and when he stopped the machines in the real world, he com- collapsed into a coma. So that's the end of Reloaded. To be concluded. Neo's in a coma. I thought he was going to die when this actually happened in the theater. Because he was in a coma? Because we had to wait to see what happened. It was such a cliffhanger. We only had to wait like six months. That was a long time. Yeah. So then, uh, Bane was across from him, too. And I think we saw that at the end of the movie. Yes, we did. Bane was there. Yeah, we did. So, he's also in a coma because he employed an EMP or something. I don't know what that whole storyline was about. But he apparently risked a whole bunch of people's lives by detonating the EMP so they couldn't use it anymore. So now they only have, like, one left. And that's on that one dude's ship. Nebuchadnezzar? No, because it didn't... The Hammond? Yeah. Yeah, the Hammond. So, beginning of revolutions again, Neo is asleep. Trinity has to save his ass. So they realize that his brain patterns are doing weird shit, like he's in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. So they find out that he is in the Matrix, even though he's not plugged into it. Yes, and even though he's not showing up anywhere in the Matrix, because he's in the in-betweeny at the train station. He's in the limbo, the mobile, mobile, mobile avenue. Place. So we see him there. Um... I write that, that the movie passes the Bechtel test right in the beginning because that one chick, I don't remember her name, but she was a named character because someone said it at some point. Mm-hmm. She talks to Trinity and asks her, she said, brings her a sandwich or something. So that's like one tiny little line. But it, pa- it passes the Bechtel test in other places too, so that wasn't the only moment. But I wrote it down just in case it was the only moment. Um, oh, we get to see Trinity and the Oracle interact for the first time, so... They go to the Oracle to ask her, where the fuck is Neo? Where can we find him? Mm-hmm. And she's not the actress that we're used to. Yes, because the actress passed away. Yeah. So they cast someone else. And I saw in the trivia that it was, I forgot the actress's name, but she... Mary Alice. Mary Alice, the new Oracle. She played... The sister of who played the original Oracle in like a long-standing play production or something, and that's huh. that's how they thought to cast her. I think she did a really great job. She did. She did a very good job. It didn't. It, it was didn't, very upsetting at the time that the movies came out because it was just very upsetting. It was, but I loved the original Oracle. But it didn't really feel like it was a different character it felt right they did a good job they did a good job and they explained at several points in the movie that she had changed form and tried to make that all okay yeah they did fine and then we meet sati who is she is a program and she's referred to as the last exile i don't know what that means i mean Symbolically, I don't know what that means, but I think it means that she's the last program that hasn't successfully been deleted. Yeah. So she has to be protected because I don't know what her purpose is as a program. Apparently she didn't have a purpose, which is why she had to be in exile. Yeah. And then I wrote down about the couch again because it's very... Here it was again. ...character. (laughs) But I like the Ottoman... The yeah, it was like a citronella vinyl uh-huh. ottoman. Round, right beside the couch. Perfect contrast to the purple couch. That's what I want. Uh, I just Let's want... call it Orchid. 
Yes. That's what I wrote. Orchid couch. Orchid couch. Um, and then I wrote, moral of this movie, programs are people too. Ah, uh, well, in this movie they are. Yeah, because Neo's talking to the family of Sati, and they're all programs. And, you know, he's, like, talking, how can you love? You're a program. And he, he says, her dad, Sati's dad says, love is a word. What matters is the connection it implies. I just don't know about all this blah, blah, blah. I like it. I like all the blah, blah, blah. I just don't know about it. But, but you know, we've missed a few things here on my yeah, list, and okay. I only have six things written, six lines written down about this final movie. Seraph, the cool... The protector of the exiled programs, protector of the Oracle. Yes. He had a, just a beautiful fight in the garage, which was one of the first scenes in the parking garage, where inside the covered parking garage, everything was wet. I didn't notice that. It was. It was like everything had been sprayed down. All the cars were wet. The floor was wet. Is everything inside the Matrix in the last movie wet? I don't know. It was pretty wet. <laughs> but that was a beautiful fight. And so they went to the weapons check to get to the Maravillian. And it looked like that same, it looked like the same place. That was where. From the first movie. Yeah. When Trinity and Neo came in and. They made a huge mess. Oh my gosh. Guys were on the ceiling. They were shooting up all the concrete pillars and it was just a big fat hairy mess. But Trinity did her thing. She did her thing. She did the. <laughs> I like how she she looked at the guy cockeyed when he was upside down, and then she did the wah. Jumped up and did her Trinity crane pose. Yep. She did an awesome thing where she kicked him in the face by bending over and kicking backwards. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. I don't know if that would really work, but it looks really real good, good yeah. when people do that. It looks okay. So, Neo and Trinity at the train station. Are we there yet? Neo and Trinity... At the train station. When the train comes, okay. Trinity steps off. Well, first I want to say that I looked up Sati, what it means, and it means truth. And there's some sort of myth where Sati is reborn as the goddess Parvati, who is the goddess of love and devotion, divine strength and power. So Sati is child at this point so maybe later she becomes Parvati wouldn't that be cool to have a Sati trilogy yeah yes that would be and use the same actress that would be awesome that would be totally awesome she's probably what was she like 12 then so she'd be like 30 Mm -hmm. she'd be about the age that Keanu Reeves was when he shot the trilogy Mm -hmm. she's the new one that is my big theory. Okay, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll, <laughs> I'll go see the movie. So Trinity steps off the train. Are we ready? Yep. Trinity steps off the train to go save... To rescue Neo. Neo. And they run to each other's arms, and they give just like the best kiss. And I wrote down, Neo and Trin forever. <laughs> it was just so sweet. And I really fell for that relationship between the two of them. Yeah. I believed it. I bought it. I longed for it. Yeah. I wanted it. Okay. Well, then they go, they have to 
go to see the Merovingian for some reason. Oh, wait, that's before. Yeah, they saw the Merovingian. Okay. So Trinity was willing to give up her life to save Neo. And she did, because he was all like, bring me the Oracle's eyes. And then Trinity was like, I don't got time for the shit. And pulls a gun on him and says, either we're all going to die right now or you're going to let go of Neo. So he lets go of Neo. Excellent. And they're at the BDSM club. Um, and you hated all their outfits, but I liked I it. I did. I did. They were very, very... Very bondage. Very bondage. Lots, lots, of, lots of vinyl, lots of nipples, lots of didn't corsets. Need, didn't need that. Um, it was good. I didn't need it. And Persephone had some real good boobage going on. I didn't need that either. <laughs> but she is quite lovely. Yeah. But, I mean, that much boobage, it's just not necessary. It's so distracting. <laughs> I mean... I think that's the point. Well, to... she has a lovely face. Why do I need to be distracted by her boobs hanging out? She was very silent, too. You know, yeah. she didn't really say much of anything. No. Just, this is the only scene where you see them. And she has a beautiful voice. She does. Um, I wrote, Neil looks real classy. Oh, when he goes to see the Oracle after they rescue him, he's he's wearing like a black suit with a black tie and a black shirt. And it's all very put together. He definitely has grown since the last time he was in that kitchen with the Oracle. Yep. Um, she didn't even have any cookies ready for him. She, she didn't have them ready yet. Not that he would eat them anyway. But she told him that man can't see past any choice when she was referring to the architect because he was talking to her about how he met the architect. It's all about equations for him. Yep. And she said, "Architect, the architect balances the equation. And then Neo said, well, what do you do? I unbalance it. Okay. So we have chaos, entropy. Which goes with the whole Hindu mythology parallels too because most hindu gods there's always a male and female counterpoint and the male is usually the creator and the female is the destro destroyer really and you need both to exist you need both sides of the coin yin and yang okay so i think that's what the oracle is and she created neo because he's the the anomaly he's the result of the unbalanced equation or something right Whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and, and I wrote Oracle's yin yang earrings because they were pretty good. They were, were they yin yang? I was trying to see. They them. were like the same stone, but it was the yin yang was the metal part. So it wasn't like two different stones, but it was it had the metal setting with oh, the, okay. the yin yang. Yeah, it was really I, cool. I did not see that and I looked at her earrings quite a long time. I couldn't they see it. They looked real heavy. Yes, they the did. Downside. They were pulling her ears quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> we noticed these things. Yes. Um, then I wrote, Smith can cross over to the real world and Neo can go to the Matrix without plugging in. So, I don't know. That seems important, right? Because they can both cross over into each other's worlds. Sure, why not? And the Oracle tells Neo that Smith is him. He's just the his opposite. Right. Um, and then I wrote, Oracle can't see beyond a choice she made because she was saying something about how she can't see, she doesn't know what's going to happen because Neo thinks that she's withholding something from him about the war. And she's saying, well, one way or another, it's going to end. And it's like, well, why can't you tell me which way it's going to go? And she says she can't see beyond a choice she made. And then I realized, oh, because she knows she's going to let 
Smith assimilator. Yep. Because she knows she needs to do it for some reason. So right after Neo leaves, Smith comes in and assimilates her, and he calls her mom. Yeah. I noticed that. Mom. Mom. And then she says, do what you're here to do. He says, yes, ma'am. And then assimilates her. Yeah. And then he does a real great evil laugh after he... Oh, that was the hopiest <laughs> thing I've ever so seen in my life. Hugo Weaving's face. It almost looks like they man, like manipulated it, but I think he just has that expressive of a face. It looks oh, like his, his mouth is going to eat open his whole face. I love it. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous in the best way. Um... The next note I have is, like, way in the future because it's when everybody's hugging everybody after Niobe says that he can take the ship. So do you have anything before then? No. So they realize that what Neo has to do is he has to go to the Machine City. Because he saw it in a vision. Yep. And return to another source. He's going to return to another source. And then... uh, Everybody else has to go back and help because the Sentinels are digging into Zion with their big-ass drills. And they have no EMP to kill them. Yep. And they wanted the ship there to do the EMP. Isn't that correct? I think so. Okay. And then, well, they wanted to go back and help anyway, but I think that was also the only EMP. I don't know why there's so few of these. Well, why wouldn't they have an EMP at Zion? That's just ridiculous. I don't know only a movie so i wrote hugs because everybody's hugging everybody and yeah we're this is i'm i'm at the very end now with the notes although there was a whole very very long section of knuckle up killing squiddies knuckle up they were in these in zion they had a whole force ready for when the drills got through to shoot all the squiddies when they got in and And that was just way too much okay way too much but what i did enjoy about the zion scene were the z z z and chara 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 i i enjoyed the way they maneuvered themselves through Zion because they they were very calm and very slow. Yeah, they worked their way through. They thought about it. About they, where to go next? They weren't freaked out, and it was all just so methodical. Yeah, their their fighting was so much more interesting to watch than just all the people just shooting and shooting and shooting. Yeah, because they had to decide where to be, and they only had the one shot, and then they'd have to go somewhere else to reload because the squiddies would know where they were as soon as they shot, so yep. they had to get out yep. immediately after. So that was very cool to watch how they worked together. Yeah, and they were both very buff. Very buff. So jelly. I wanted more. They, they weren't jelly. I'm jelly. Well, yeah. I'm jelly. They weren't jelly. No, they were the opposite of jelly. Yes, they were very good. <laughs> so they were pretty amazing. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. If the movie hadn't passed the Bechtel test several times up until that point, it would have then. Yeah, it was very good. Um... So, but we lost Chara. Yeah, that was sad. Yep, very sad. We liked her. She had a little notch out of her eyebrow like Charlie Pooh. <laughs> and Spike. Spike has a notch oh, out of Oh, really? Bringing it back to Buffy. Yay, what's this bitch talking about? 
it might be a good time to say, hey, guess what, guys? Next week, the next, this is our very last movie review episode for this summer. That's right. So if you want to continue listening to me and my mom review movies, then you're going to have to pay for the Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S-R-A-E. Patreon.com slash Mixtress Ray. Probably by like two weeks from now, even if you don't want to do one with me, you don't want to, then I'll at least be doing one. Yeah, I'd love to. So um, we will have another, do we know what it is? No, we don't know yet. Okay. We can't give you homework. can't give you homework. It's just going to be an awesome surprise. Yay. So come on over to the Patreon. All you have to do is give me at least a dollar a month and you'll get to listen to all the special Patreon episodes. But. Totally worth it. Starting next week, I'm going to do like a review of, you know, remember what happened on Buffy previously on Buffy because it's been a really fucking long time. And then the week after that, September 29th, we finally get to start season three. Yay. So very excited about that. Okay. So let's get back to Matrix. Carrying on with Matrix Revolutions. So my next note is Bane. Bane was on the ship, so Trinity and Neo took Niobe's ship and to go to the Machine City because Neo was all like, please don't come. And Trinity's all like, fuck off, I'm coming. Because yeah. that's always their storyline. Yeah. <laughs> and what'd she say? And I think if you wanted to succeed, you are going to need my help. And I think if you have a problem with it, I am the ranking officer and I believe you can go to hell. There you go. <laughs> so they go to the machine city, and he stops a whole bunch of roaches. I called them roaches. They didn't look like squiddies. They looked like beetles coming at him. And yeah, he, there was a whole bunch of different kinds of machine insects. Yeah. And, and so, I was thinking, what is the machine city? Where are are there, like, AI robots hanging out, living regular lives? Or is it martinis? just a bunch of insects running around? Like, what's the point? What is their existence? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't care. <laughs> good question. Don't care. And so he held out his hand like I always want to do when something's coming at me. Yep. I don't want. Yep. Hold out your hand, your palm, spread out. And said, no, I don't want it. And so they all dropped. Stopped all of the. But it was just too much. It was too much. And so they crashed. They had to go. He suggested that at this point he has been blinded by Bane, which we skipped over that part. Yeah, we don't care. Well, I I do want to say that Trinity is a badass in real life, too, because when she had to fight Bane, she was pretty much a badass. And this is the first time you get to see her fight in real life. Real life? Yeah, not in the Matrix. Oh, right. So, I just have to say that. But anyway, Bane blinded him, almost hurt Trinity, but Neo killed him. And, yeah, so he suggested they go up above after he couldn't stop all the machines. So that's when they go up above the sky. The clouds. The clouds. And they, and they see, see the, the real sky with white clouds. They see the light. And the sun. And Trinity says, beautiful. It's beautiful. And then they beautiful. plunge back into the awful world and have to restart. When they hit the ground, Trinity impaled she was impaled in several places and yep. she was so calm 
and so peaceful and she just spoke very quietly to Neil what she wanted to say yeah but she didn't want her last words like last time to be I'm sorry she wanted them to be about the love that they have yeah and you can do it and he's like I can't do it without you you can't die and she says yes I can yeah and kiss me kiss me one last time Kisses are dead. And then she died. Kisses are dead. But it was such a sweet scene. D-E-D dead. And I decided that is how I want to die. I want to be that calm. Yeah, that'd be good. And I want to just expire. Yeah. I've always thought I, I want to know. I want to have control over it. Be like, you know what? I think it's time. I'd just like to not wake up tomorrow. Like on House of the Spirits when Meryl Streep said, I think it's time for me to leave this world. Yeah. Have it be a choice. Yeah. Um, so I think we kind of skipped ahead, but I did write, this is when Niobe is going through the, she's going through the mechanical lines, with it, which everybody says no one can do. But she can. Bitch can drive. And it's like, damn it, Morpheus, keep up! <laughs> she looks so cool. Yeah, she does. She rips her shirt off. She's got her camis, cami on, yep. camisole on. And she's got she's all serious sweaty. tech muscles, man. Yeah, she's very buff. Jada Pinkett Smith. She worked really hard to be buff for this movie. She looked so good. Good job, Jada. So good. Um, Trinity does scene. Okay. So, Neo... Goes to talk to what in the subtitles was called the Du Ex Machina, whatever the fuck that means. What does that mean? I should have looked that up. We'll get listener mail on that. Okay. All right, you guys, let us know. Um, but that's how it was labeled. Where it, do they send their listener mail? To Mixtress Radio at Gmail. So let us know what that means. Yeah. Say it again. Well, I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it, but it's D-E-U-S, Ex Machina. Okay. So that's what the, it was just a bunch of squiddies that formed a baby face, which in the trivia I found was either Lana or Lily Wachowski, I don't remember which they said, their niece. It was modeled after their niece or nephew's face. Okay, well, that was a little creepy. Baby face, and Neo just said, the program Smith has gotten out of control. You need to let me deal with him. So he basically made a deal that, you know, if he goes, if they let him go into the matrix and take care of Smith for them, then they They can have peace. They can have peace. That's what he wants. Peace. Um, so they let him go in. The matrix is full of Smiths now. I don't know if it's the whole matrix. I think it is. I think it's the entire matrix of Smiths. Maybe, I don't know. Because earlier they were looking at the screens and going, what's wrong with the Matrix? What's going on with the Matrix? And it was all like shortened out. Yeah, yeah. I think the whole Matrix is Smith's now. So he goes in to fight him. Um, That is almost the end of my notes. Yay! (laughs) I wrote, um, this is one of the trivia facts that I found. Um, The not... The tie knot that the Merovingian had had a little jewel, but it's apparently it's called the Merovingian tie knot, whatever knot. The the jewel? 
what, however, the style of his tie was when you see the Merovingian, it's well, the all, Merovingian tie knot. Really? <laughs> well, all I noticed was the jewel he had in his tie knot. Yeah. Was it like a tie pin kind of jewel or something yeah, else? It looked like he just stuck an earring in there. Yeah. A diamond earring. Um, oh, and also in the trivia, the, the like choral music that you hear during the entire last fight scene. <laughs> Sounds like to me they're not really saying mistletoe messiah, but I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, but translated from the Sanskrit, it says, Bleed me from the unreal to the real. Bleed me from the darkness to the light. Bleed me from the temporary to the eternal. Which is apparently part of, I think I read the Bhagavad Gita, maybe? They took something from one of the Upanishads and made it into what the choral singers were going to sing. Because they wanted it to be something meaningful instead of just ooh ah. Ooh ah, ooh ee, ooh ee, ah ah. Which could have been that too. Could have. And then I read. The story continues in The Matrix Online. So I don't know what The Matrix Online is, but I want to see how the story continues because I think Sati is the one. There you go. Because why is she so protected? Well, because her father made a deal. Yeah, but because he loves his daughter. Um, oh, and then the thing that triggers Neo knowing what to do when he's obviously losing the fight against Smith is that, and at this point, of course, Smith has assimilated the Oracle, and he starts talking about, oh, I've seen this, I'm supposed to say something. Yeah, and kind of freaks out. And he says, everything that has a beginning has an end, Neo, which is something that the Oracle said to him earlier. Mm -hmm. And that's when Neo realizes, oh, I just have to let him assimilate me. So just like in the very first movie, Smith assimilates him, and then he breaks him open from the inside, just like in the end of the first movie. Excellent. And he breaks open all the Smiths, and the Matrix is completely annihilated, and it gets reset, and they show... Sati. They show Sati. They immediately... So first you see that Neo has died in the real world, and they see the... The machines are, like, respectfully carrying him off on a little bridge. Mm -hmm. They're going to go bury him Viking-style or some shit. I don't know. And he turns into light. And then right after he turns into light, they show a black cat walking by. And it's that same cat. It's that same meow. Meow. The whole thing. He shakes his head. You walks. see You see the Matrix reset. And um, something has changed. Sati's laying on the ground because everybody that was assimilated at some point after Neo explodes everybody, they're in their normal form when they're laying on the ground. Yeah. After they all explode because you see the Oracle at one point. And so it goes straight from the death of Neo to showing Sati laying on the ground. And she wakes up and says hi to the kitty. She says, good morning. She says, good morning. I think she should have said, hello, hello kitty. kitty. Hello, Kitty. Um, and then she reunites with the Oracle. And, oh, no, the Oracle sees the architect first. And she's like, so, what's up? You going to let people be free now? And he says, who do you think I am, human? 
So apparently if anybody that wants to be freed will be freed in this new version of the Matrix, so it's different. And then Sati comes up and the Oracle asks, did you do that? Because they're looking at a beautiful sunrise. And this is the first time inside the Matrix you ever see the color blue. Because it's always green inside the Matrix. And they took all the blue out. So it looks like normal spectrum of color inside the matrix for the first time and you're looking at this beautiful sunrise and she asks sati if she did it so whatever her purpose is as a program somehow she can create a sunrise sure i don't know i want the sati trilogy okay well get on that (laughs) i want to write it so that's the last thing i wrote you got anything else he gets peace he achieved peace we gotta do our ratings, and then we'll have something else. Okay. We'll have nothing else. We got nothing else. Let's get on to the ratings. Yay! So MVP. I I wrote Niobe for the first movie, and then Sati for the second movie. Okay. Which means Trinity, Niobe, Sati. Those are the three. That's the Trinity. Oh hey, <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> um. Quote, I just wrote a quote for the second movie. I wasn't thinking about quotes for the third movie. We're all here to do what we're all here to do. You got a quote? No. Object, well, since I had to talk about it. The couch. The couch. Several different times. I'll take the ottoman and we'll put it together. All right. Uh, Outfit. I don't know. I don't have an outfit. I liked uh, Seraph's outfit. Yeah. Just the simple, you could definitely do Tai Chi in that outfit. Yeah, yeah. I'll take Seraph's outfit. outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Trinity's, and it was slightly different in this movie. I did notice... Kind of a V-neck situation. I did notice Tank's wife's outfit. When she came to talk to Z, she was wearing a white... Oh, yeah. That was lovely, and it wasn't dirty. no. And they were at Zion, and it wasn't dirty yeah. and gross. Disgusting. <laughs> okay, so I I gave it a four. It's your five by five. On the second one? Both of them. Both of them together? Cumulatively. Cumulatively? Well, I'm going to have to give them a three. A three. So There's that's some- twelve. There were some exceptionally beautiful parts in two and three, but the first one just took my breath away. Yeah. And there were just too many times that they overkilled fight scenes yeah. on two and three, and that just, that there wasn't enough redeeming qualities to yeah. make me give it more than a three. They could have still had all the fight scenes that they had but just made them, like, a third as long. A quarter as long. Yeah. An eighth. <laughs> okay, Mom's just deleting them all. No action! No, I just like... Just talky I like pretty fights. Yeah. I want pretty fights. They were much more minimal in the first movie. Maybe because they had a smaller budget in the first movie. That's kind of the problem sometimes when people get a big budget. They do too much. And it was too much. But overall... I I love the ideas of the Matrix, and I want to know more about the Upanishads. Yes, that would be a good thing to know more about. So, it was a good time. 
An hour and seven minutes talking about the last two movies. Well, we had to do it. And we did it. I think there's something about the last two movies that made me especially uh, reluctant to watch any of the Matrixes again. Well, I didn't know that going in. We could have just watched the first one. Well, we discussed it, and that's okay. okay. But so, so now that you have experienced the second and third one, are you just not going to watch them again ever? I think I probably would watch the first one again. Oh, yeah, the first one. And then there will be moments I will remember about the second and third that I'll want to go back and see. Yeah. But it did help to put the fight scenes on mute. Yeah. So that was good. We we should make a special, the second two movies, edited version just for you. <gasps> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> or it could just be like a couple of quick cuts from each fight scene. Yeah. Something pretty. And the guy like screaming. Yeah, and the guy screaming in his UPV. UPV? P- no, APU. Oh. <laughs> he was real good at that. He was good. Too much, though. It was too much. Way too much. All right. You got anything else? I got nothing else. All right. It's been fun. Thanks for listening, guys. And give us a listener mail. Yeah. We need that. Give us some suggestions for movies you want us to review. Yeah. That'd be fun. And if they're really good and we haven't seen them, then wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. All right. All right. Okay. So I'll see you guys next week uh, for, you know, previously on Buffy. Real excited. Previously on Buffy. It's going to be good. Yeah. Finally get to watch Buffy again. I'm going through withdrawals. Bet. All right. Bye. Bye.